Today's episode of Down with Joe DeRosa is being brought to you by Brian McCarthy. Hi, folks. Brian McCarthy here. Happy to be here, Joe. Should I mention I'm in my underwear? Welcome to the podcast, Down with Joe DeRosa. One topic, one hour, one guest. Today the topic is maturity. Maturity, subject we've touched upon in various past episodes here and there. When talking about solidarity, when talking about monogamy, when talking about drugs and alcohol, we've always seemed to sort of slide into the, into the world of maturity and how a certain age means to a certain person that a certain type of behavior must stop. But I, for one, have never believed in that. I believe that the fun switch doesn't need to go off and that uh, your activities don't need to be determined by how many years or decades you've lived on this earth. However, many, many folks agree. I know my guest does not. Did I say many folks agree or disagree? You said, I think what you mean is many folks think that there is like a set time limit for yes. fun. And then once yeah. that over, then you're like a grown up. Exactly. You don't agree. And I certainly don't agree. And this is my guest. Hi. He's the host of his own podcast called Brian McCarthy interview show. I'm in the Eddie Ift uh, podcast talking shit network. Yes. So yeah, that's, so that's why, that's why I do that. Yes. He's also responsible for creating and writing the Coolest man in the world? No. What's it called? <laughs> the most interesting man in the world. I didn't create it. I wrote all the jokes for it. The Dos Equis, most interesting man in the world. Stay so thirsty, my friend. Those are very, yeah, those are yeah. very funny ads. And, Thank you. And you, this is the man responsible for them. That's me. Uh, and last but not least, he's he's acted in tons of things. And oh, yeah. told marvelous stories on stage, and he's hilarious. Oh, yeah. Eddie Ift and I agree, maybe one of the funniest people alive. Oh, shut up. That's nice of you to say. Brian McCarthy. Hey, hi Joe! Thanks for having me on your uh, on your show. It's funny when you talk about uh, maturity. I, I always have this I, this theory with people that like most people in reality can't wait to suck. Meaning, like most people aren't comfortable not having like a governor on their on their life. Right? You know, it's almost like a relief. Like it's for a lot of people, it's a relief to sure. like get married. Uh, move to the suburbs, have sure. children, and just kind of like do that. Yeah, get get to there. The years prior to that, before they're married, when they're in their twenties or thirties or, or whatever, and they're doing whatever they want, I think for a lot of people that freaks them out. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, people get to <clears throat> a certain age. I mean, see, my take on that and what you're saying is it's the it's the cult. It's the cult mentality. Right. Everybody around you, you know, any any member of any species, first instinct will be survival. Mm -hmm. And when everybody around you is surviving in a certain way, right. you're afraid if you're not part of the cult. You're afraid if you're not part of the group. And you look around and you say, well, my, my tribe mates are all married and they don't go out past 11 p.m. and, and they have children and... And this is what they do, and I, I, I'm too afraid to stay alone in all of this because, uh, or not even, I mean, that's just my take because it, I'm single. It, but it's, all, it's also easier. It's, it's, it's hard to be single 
and out there. It's a more so for a lot of people. It's it comes as like this sort of uh, involuntary like relief. Like I, you're done with your decision making, especially if you marry some woman who like turns out to be like your mother. You know, like most people are much more comfortable being. Oh, you lame. mean the mom? The wife plays the mom. Yeah, role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most people are much more comfortable just being lame. Like they're not. You know, it is frankly, it's pretty exhausting to be like a forty-eight-year-old single guy with like an eight ball of cocaine in your pocket, like you know, knuckle deep in some girl you met on Tinder on a Tuesday night. You know, well, it, it is exhausting. That's what the cocaine is for. <laughs> exactly. It keeps, right? It keeps. Yeah. But then, but I'm, I'm saying like, yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Like remember the old Ed Sullivan show? They had the plate spinner. You know, it's like so. I'm always like thinking about when you're, you know, when you're when you are single and you're and you're out there and you're. It's it's a lot more work than just having some fucking wife that you hove your cock into six times a year and a couple of kids that you do love. Like you love your children. I mean, I have children, and you know, I've never considered myself. I never even thought I was going to have children, and I have now. I have two of them, and I. It's amazing to me that you have. (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, I have a really. I mean, just to be perfectly honest, I have a very like doting and accommodating wife yes who's very type a i didn't marry my mother because that's not my mother but um i married a woman like for example my wife was up this morning uh at we send our kids to um to a a summer camp that's a zoo camp at the brooklyn zoo right and uh you have to this the slots fill up very quickly like and it only opened registration opens today so what happens is at 8 a.m all these parents sit in front of their computers logging in their shit and then when it's time to sign up for your slot, because there's only like 25 slots. Right. So my wife actually set her alarm. It was like sitting in front of the computer and she was like waiting to, to and it sounds like I married somebody who sucks, but that's actually great because it could have affords me the ability to sleep in. Well, not even, I mean, I was up early this morning too, and you've been actually, I mean, I don't know if you say this on the show or not, but you've been staying with me for the past couple of days. Yeah, I've been here. We're here in New York City in Park Slope, Brooklyn. Yeah. And I've been staying with Brian and his family, and I am amazed at... After the nights we have, the mornings that you oh, yeah. that you attend to, it's incredible. I have believed my whole life, if you can't do the time, don't do the, the crime. And you also don't want to be, like, I think, like, our parents' generation, like, they could be like, daddy, daddy had too much whiskey. Like, don't wake up, daddy. Right. Like, that, it doesn't happen these days. Like, you know, you know Shh, daddy's got, daddy's cough medicine. It's okay. You know, on the couch, all passed out, drunk. You know, like it's just, so. You have to sort of be involved. And I, I had such a shitty father of my own growing up that I, I thought the least I can do is like invest myself in into uh, into the experience of it. But it is getting back to the point of this whole thing. Like it is a thing where people like can't like I know lots of people in my life that like you know they had their fun or whatever it is, but that not really. But the minute they got married, like it's it. You never see him again. What was now? What was your father like? Oh, my God. Well, let's see. I have not. Oh, boy. Okay. Do you mind if I lay down on this couch? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, uh, I haven't talked to my own father in 20, uh, 22 years. He's still living? Oh, he's still living. He's not even that old. He's only 63, um, 64. He, my father was married four times before he was 40. Um, he, I have not, my father was a runaway, uh, alcoholic and, uh, sex addict. When I was nine years old, he let me look at, he used to have a stack of, uh, like, you know, you know, club, remember clubs? Yeah. They were dirty. Yeah. Filthy. Like I, I remember, uh, like Seca, like he used to like, like yeah. you know, big hairy bushes and, and yeah. like lingerie and just like yeah. early eighties, just like, you know, these were like fuck mags and. And my father used to father used to show them to me, or he didn't care if I looked at them. He was, I have a uh, I have a half sister, who's Jewish, 
Um, and she, I believe she has Down syndrome. He doesn't talk to her either. That's from my, my second, that's from his second wife. All right. I remember, uh, it's a fun memory. When I was about eight years old, I remember, um, no, he was already married. This is when I was about five years old. He married this woman, Bonnie. She had a Trans Am, which is pretty cool. That's cool. But she was from Silver Spring, which is where they keep a lot of the Jews, um, in the DC area. And, um, she was angry with him, so she cut up his driver's license and all his credit cards and shoved them under the door of the apartment. Like, wouldn't let his... I remember as a child seeing these, like, slivers of plastic coming underneath the door as she was screaming, like, how much she hated him or whatever it is. And oh, my God. I know. And then my father got married to a third time to a woman named Pat. She had two kids of her own. Uh, she had, I think, Jason. I actually found... My mother gave me a big box of shit that was in my old bedroom, and I found a picture of me with the two little boys. One little boy once got lost in Sears, and we couldn't find him. <laughs> And uh, he took a huge shit in a non-working display toilet. Yeah. Like, they couldn't find him. And then Poor Johnny Knoxville showed up? No, it was a real thing that actually happened. Yeah, like, right. And uh, But anyway, so that was my father's third wife. And then she had an affair and then left him. And then, then my father was like, then he was like in his late 30s and was, uh, this is like or mid late 80s. And then he... Uh, um, was dating a girl for a while, married her. I actually walked into my father sodomizing um, his current wife. How did you know he was sodomizing? Because I heard, I was about 15, and I heard through the door, like, I'm going to put it in your ass. And I heard, I swear, I know it sounds like oh I'm making that up. God. But uh, Why did you walk in after you Well, because heard it was an apartment. I thought I could cook the door. I had beers. I was trying to sneak some beers out of my bedroom, and I had to get the beers because I had these friends waiting for me downstairs. And I went in, and my, my father saw me, and he came in. He was, la he was all fucked up. He was laughing, and he was, like, wrapped in, like, a ratty bathrobe with, like, a big boner. So he and thought he, it was funny. He thought it was funny that I was in there, and he thought that maybe. He didn't know that I heard that part of it, but he just thought the whole thing was fun. He was a mess. I remember once I was I had to preheat the oven when I was about 15 years old, and um, the oven exploded because it was full of empty vodka bottles. <laughs> so what was yeah, the oven exploding like? Because it was full of like it was like basically we heard like poof poof poof, and I opened the oven and it was like all this kind of singeing paper from the the labels on the it was like it wasn't even good it was like Georgie vodka or whatever, and uh, all these like shattered pieces of plastic and melted uh, melted plastic and shattered glass and Jesus Christ uh, yeah yeah yeah. yeah. So my father was so my I don't but then my father married this fourth wife. Then he got sober. Then he looked me up when I was like twenty. We didn't talk for about five years. And then he looked me when I was twenty. He was like, "Look, one of my things in the twelve step is to go out and you know the whole thing where you get people to uh, forgive you, whatever." And the eighth step. The eighth step. Very good. And Forgiveness. so, yep. And I said, "Okay, fine." And we, we became like we became we became a, we had another relationship. We sort of tried it again, and I was very – I was still – I was up here in New York. I'd already been up here for about three years. He had no idea I even moved to New York. And, um, and we sort of st started a, a relationship again, and then um, I was coming home one Christmas, Christmas Eve. I was working at a, at a gym. But do you find that hard to believe? And I was working at a gym, <laughs> and, and I was taking the Peter Pan bus home, and I called my father – uh, from the bus station because my mother couldn't come pick me up. And I was like, Dad, can you come get me? And he was like, you know what? I, I really can't. And Because I heard him ask his wife. And she was like, we've got to get up early. And go to she was a cunt. Right. And he was like, we've got to get up early. You can't pick him up. I'm like, it's Christmas Eve. Like, we just started, like, hanging out again. You can't come and get me in a half. Like, a half. I wasn't like, it wasn't like a three-hour drive. It was like a 20-minute drive. Right. He was like, yeah, sorry, buddy. I'll, but I'll see you tomorrow. Right, buddy? I was like, oh, no, you won't. And that was it? That was it. But that I was found, the end. I thought well, that was the end. But then I, I found it. Here's a here's a horrible thing. Facebook keeps recommending he be my friend on Facebook. Oh, is he still sober? Yeah, yeah, he's still sober. He went into like he's one of those guys that like he was never a big drug guy, but he went into uh, like uh, counseling. He went into the he, he became one of those guys. Like he, I think he went and got his master's. So you haven't talked to him in twenty years for the Christmas Eve thing. 
Well, that's I, a little immature. I spoke with him. Wow, it's almost like we're doing this podcast on Bizarro Land. <laughs> so, but like, what it was was I hadn't. Then my grandfather died about seven years ago, and I was very close to my grandfather. And my father called me when I was I was crying about my grandfather dying. My father was like, "Yeah, my father's my like your grandfather's dead." That's <laughs> kind of like how he said it. And I was like, and he goes, "What are we going to do about this? What, are we going to talk now?" And I was like, "I need a I need a minute." And he was like, "Oh, you need a minute." He started like he's a very harsh angry guy and uh, but he, he adopted an asian daughter he and his father because the um my aunt who does not talk to my father either um my aunt told me uh, in her own words that the cow is barren referring to my father's fourth wife right so they adopted a chinese daughter which makes me think they must not do a whole lot of background checks you think they'd be like hey you got any kids in america that you don't talk to because <laughs> like, you know they, don't, they, they clearly were like hey do you have a, a jewish down syndrome daughter that you've ta- written out of your life because you don't like the ex-wife and right. do you have another son here's the thing about my father i know it sounds crazy i've talked to my father for something as 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 innocuous as that but no one in my family talks to my father like my father like he's been he's not he's just not a good guy he wasn't a good guy to his father or his well, i'm sure there's a ton of details you're not getting into right now yeah i'm I mean, sure you yeah. know hey we only have four hours so yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so by the way i want you to look at the uh waveforms on the uh, computer as we record here okay you're I, you're the bottom one am i spiking no, well, you're not spiking. I mean, you are loud, way louder than you said you were going to be. Oh, sorry. But no, it's fine. Remember Loudly. when I said, why don't you just do a podcast by yourself? And okay. you were like, I don't know if I could talk for an hour alone. This is me talking. Right. That's you talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I'm, see that? Yeah, I'm quite... I, I do love the sound of my own voice. Except you're I, you're I verbose. I don't want to hear it again, though. Don't you, do, you, do you like the sound of your own voice? You're verbose. I am verbose. Do I like the sound of it? Yeah, do you mind it? I don't mind it anymore because... You know, Brian, I've been doing film and television for so long now that... Yeah. Uh, Trust me, yeah, it, if you just close your ears and listen closely, you'll hear you talking somewhere, piped in from some comedy special sure. or various radio show. You can't escape it. Yeah, you still do open, Anthony? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that show's around no, anymore. I don't think you're right. It's the Opie show. Uh, yes, yes. Yep. I, uh, I, mi- I miss Opie. I actually, I haven't talked to him in a little while, but I hope... I, I'm, I told you he's having a good Christmas. Actually, I, should, I actually should send him a Merry Christmas text. You should send him a Merry Christmas yes. text. And maybe yeah. one for little Jim Norton while you're there. Probably not. All right, moving on. So that wasn't mature either. Here's the thing I like about it. <laughs> <laughs> See, we're, keep, we're staying on point here. Yeah. So, so the point is, is I know, and here's the thing. My story is, it's amazing to me how many guys that are my age that had a father like that don't talk to their own father. There's uh-huh. a lot of guys that are baby boomers that have the parents that were baby boomers that don't talk to their father. Right. So weirdly, I I'm in I'm in uh, I wouldn't say good company, but it's an unfortunate thing. It's but but it has made me really try to be a very involved father and not be as drunk in front of my kids i'll be christmas drunk in front of the kids i'll be honest but you know not uh blackout driving drunk in a toilet cell well, i would hope not i'm just I, i'm just kidding I, I like how you're saying that like that's a big thing that you're like a big honorable thing like don't get me wrong i'm not driving drunk with my kids <laughs> yeah but i'll definitely put eight glasses of wine down my gummy <laughs> well all right i mean no. to you that's a drop in the pot <laughs> yeah, it really right? is i can't believe we're not drinking now whenever i do my podcast I mean, drink? I didn't drink for eight and a half months, and I still did shows, but we used to, uh, I used to get the guests pretty drunk. I never drank on yours. I think I offered. I think you were I'm like. I'm sure you did. You'd say, what do you like? I'll bring it over. Right. I would say, Brian, it's one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, things of that nature. Right. It's Tuesday. I, uh, right. I, we did it. I did, when I lived in LA, when I did the shows for the National Lampoon, we got, um, 
we had this uh, porn girl. Her name is Brooke Bell, uh-huh. and she came on the show, and uh, she ended up like she showed up. I knew her because you know I directed the porn and stuff in L.A., and so she showed up, and she literally like her tits were falling out of her shirt, and um, she drank like we had like margaritas mixed up. She had like four margaritas and ended up blowing my producer. Um, after oh, after the show, that's great. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it was it was funny though because the the people was that she owned, hot? Yeah, she's hot. She's hot. She um she was in she was penthouse pet of the year like maybe six or seven years ago. And how did it lead into the blowjob of the producer? I'll tell you. Um, we ended the show like at three thirty, and basically I had to, as you know, L A. Hey, only thing two things about L A. We all know traffic, and I'll say it twice, traffic. Right. So I had to go up the one hundred one to get back to Westlake Village where I lived, and I had to like get home to pick up the kids and whatever. So we did the show, and it, it wasn't really even that salacious of, of, a, of a show. I mean, we talked about sex and everything else, but but she, I left, and she, my producer, was like outside smoking on Sunset Boulevard. They the studio was right where the Chateau Marmont is. And um, so I came out and um, they were like, hey, it, it's margarita. Like there's National Margarita Day. Like that's, that's a thing. So we, that's right. we had margaritas. And my producer goes, I'm going to go have a margarita with her across the street. You know, you want to join us? And I was like, I, I got to get home. I'm sorry. You guys have fun. So then I hear like six hours later at like 10 o'clock, my producer calls me. who's a very sweet guy. But, you know, it's kind of a mild mannered kind of he looks like Griffin Dunn. That was, you know, he does. Right? Yes, he does. OK, good. So so Marty is his name. And Marty calls me and he's all freaked out. And I'm like, what's going on? He's like, well, we went over to, there's some like tequila cantina or some, sh- you know the one I'm talking about? Yeah. It's right, right there. Because we were there, we started having some more margaritas. We got really um, comfortable. And then um, she told me that she had a really soft pussy. So <laughs> I, <laughs> he goes, so she wanted me to feel it. And I guess she had had like electrolysis done on her cooch. And um, he said, so he said, I started fingering her um, in the cantina place. He goes, and um, the, the manager came over and asked us to leave. Right. And because there were kids there and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, as a manager might. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. Could you not finger bang that broad at five in the afternoon in the middle of a... I love, a- I love how the manager of the restaurant is throwing a margarita Tuesday, whatever it is, in the middle of Hollywood and is shocked that... A porn star showed up. <laughs> right. Who's who's getting knuckle scraped yeah, exactly. uh, by Griffin Dunn lookalike yeah. in a tweed jacket. So they uh so then they left and the guy that owned the lampoon, one of the guys that owned Lampoon, who's now in jail for forty years, um, Why? He's the Madoff of the Midwest. His name's Tim Tim Dalton. He's the Madoff of the National Lampoon. <laughs> no, he basically comedy newspaper zine circuit. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. He absconded with like hundreds of millions of dollars or people. You can look it up. And it's big. He's in he's in prison. He'll never get out. He's done. Jesus. All right. But when he was out of prison, uh, he was a pretty high flyer, as you might guess one would be. Yeah. And um, he was renting a uh, massive mansion uh, in Hollywood. Uh, that he also rented half of it. He shared it with with the rapper Ludacris. So there was like Ludacris. I mean, this house had like a fucking had two pools and had a, uh, a, a elevator in the house. So half of the house was like a wing that was you know probably eight thousand square feet or something. And that was like the Ludacris wing. But my friend Marty, that's the bed. He he would stay in Ludacris's bedroom when he was there because Ludacris was like never there. So. Marty was staying in the room, and he said, basically, the girl gave him a ride back up the hill to Ludacris's side of this mansion, and they got there, and the girl, like, said, hey, I have to pee, and Marty was like, okay, come in and pee, and they went in, and um, she was in the stall, and then he came into the bathroom, and they started making out, and then uh, she dropped to her knees and just started blowing him in the, in the bathroom. It's great. And uh, the great thing about it was is that um, she was holding on to the, um, the towel rack so hard that she snapped the towel rack off of the wall. And then when Marty uh, came in her mouth, she spit it out and was making like cum bubbles. And then 
she had ripped Marty's shirt off, and she told Marty that he could sell this shirt on eBay for like a thousand dollars because she ripped it, and then she left. But like, but the way Marty told me this story is Marty's like the most. He was so concerned. He's like, oh, I'm so. He's like, Ludacris is going to be so upset with me that I ripped his towel rack. Why don't you just fix it? Yeah, I told him that, but he wasn't. He was really. He was freaked out. You know, but like you don't like to. Like you're all freaked out about germs and disease and stuff. Yeah. Like, like when when some like porn girl who tells you she's a soft pussy and who basically talked to me about crystal meth for forty minutes when she like blows you and then starts like snowballing your jizz into her own hand like right eh, you gotta wonder not the <laughs> not the first time she's done that or you know but right yeah this I, is a very different discussion than the one I had last week with my mom <laughs> your mom did a podcast my mom did this podcast and I'm just thinking how different, different this discussion is do they listen to the show. I don't think my dad does. Does he really? Yeah, so he'll hear this. Hey, Mr. DeRosa, he'll hear this. All right, and he'll say, "Is that uh, well?" Next time I come to New York from his house, I'll say I'm staying with my friend Brian, and he'll right. go, "Oh, the podcast pig." <laughs> right, exactly. Now, sorry. Now, sorry, now we're, we're now, now this this all does sort of loosely, you know, tie into this subject or topic of maturity. <laughs> yeah, good luck. But here, well, here's why. Okay. I and this is the, one of the things I admire about you. I think a lot of people would meet you and say that guy's nuts and right. out of his mind or whatever. I actually think you're one of the most mature people I know. Well, thank you. Because uh, even though that story happened to Marty, right? Uh, you'll have your own adventures, uh-huh. uh, not sexually because you're married, uh-huh. but you know you'll have your own night on the town, sure, adventures. And then you know the next day you're up at seven a.m. with the kids, do what you got to do. I always, I, I never thought like there are a lot of people that think maturity is you know never missing a day of work and right. never ever slacking or, or 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 never having another drop of alcohol or or never having another one night stand or whatever dumb right. you know uh, uh constricting parameters they put on it and i don't agree with that i think maturity is taking care of what you need to take care of and also understanding and compartmentalizing the times for responsibility and the times for fun that's living a whole life but there are also people that would be completely terrified by the types of things that I've been in, involved in. So I think like they're, – They're pussies. I, they are pussies, right. But I think – here's the thing. 95% of the people you're going to meet in your life are pussies. Like it's – so in a weird way – like I know guys back people that say they can't wait to suck. It's kind of like you can be – so what you said about me is I think true. Like am I mature? Yeah, I take care of my stuff. But I also like – like to have fun. I do whatever it is, but there are people that would they love to put away. They they look at it and they go, okay, I to be mature. Like what I'm just saying, I'm just kind of parroting what you just said. But to be mature, that means now I I, I don't drink anymore. I don't do this. I'm a I'm a dad now. I can't. Hey, I'd love to. I'd love mm-hmm. to join you guys, but I I can't. You know, there's guys that just right. are people that that's it. Oh man, you should have seen me back when I was uh in my early twenties. Well, anybody I'm, that says that is a liar. I know we. I remember I was at a, uh, a bachelor party in um, in Key West, Florida. This is a long time ago. It was so funny. We were on this. Uh, we went up the one night the night before. And Key West is fucking a weird place, but um, it's not really as gay as it used to be. Unfortunately, what? Can you edit that out? <laughs> what, Key West isn't as gay. No, it's gotten a lot straighter. Was it a very gay place? Oh yeah, more? Key West was like a place. It was one of the first like uh, openly gay. It was like the first gay resort. I thought like, it was a lot more fun back then. A lot more fun. 
I know that because I actually wandered into a gay sex store and I was talking to the, like this guy. And God bless the guy wearing leather pants in August in <laughs> Key West. And he's just because like you can tell like he's just sitting there shirtless, leather pants on. Um, I love a guy that'll uphold the lifestyle no matter what. Yeah, just sweating through his nipple clamps. Yeah, no just matter like, what. No, love nothing more than to put on like a Tommy Bahamas shirt and a pair of Madras shorts. Right, right. Nope, nope. This is the listen. If you want to work at Tommy's cock shop or whatever, you need to wear the uniform, Bill. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. Can we get no suede even, Bill? Um, but the guy, um, I, I heard, but anyway, so we, so we went out one night before. The bars there are closed at five in the morning. And um, we go and uh, we get all fucked up. And the next morning, it was like this guy's idea. This guy, and this guy truly does suck. Um, he goes, we're, we're, I booked it. We're all going to go deep sea fishing. So it's like eight of us going deep sea fishing uh-huh. at like nine in the morning. And I don't know about you, but like, I don't usually, I have, I call them drug muscles. I have pretty strong drug muscles. Like I can drink and do a lot of drugs or whatever and get up as, as, as we've talked about. But like rum, rum has so much sugar in it. The, right. The hangover from rum is fucking brutal. I hate rum. The sickest not the sickest, but the rum is the only alcohol I'll never drink again. Yeah. Because it made me so sick one night. And I drank a whole bottle of it. And then I ate a live beetle to try to impress a girl. <laughs> she you, was not impressed. Were you a boy of 35? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was, <laughs> exactly. It was uh, all, but, all but 32 years <laughs> yeah, young. Exactly. Right. No, I, I think I was probably about 22. Right. But I, I, I hate rum. It tastes disgusting. It's, it's, and it's all sugar. There's an index of like how much sugar is in alcohol. And the more sugar in something, the, the likelier your chances of, of, of having a hangover. Yeah. And rum's just off the chart. So so we get up at 9 in the morning. We're all hungover. We get in this fucking this boat. This like, we're out. You know, the, the, the way Key West is situated, it's like it's in the Caribbean. And it's also in the Atlantic. It's like right on the border there. You actually see it. You can see how sure. part of the water is. So it's very rough water. We're out there. And I, I thought it'd be funny. We're all just hungover. There's one guy pukes. And he, but like, you know, he doesn't puke over the side of the boat. He like pukes in that toilet where you have to plunge it. The owner of the boat was so pissed. And I thought it'd be funny. I got completely naked. I'm naked on the boat. We're fishing. There's only eight of us on the boat. And I made a joke to the captain. Everyone wanted to get Coke. Everyone's like, Brian, we got to get Coke. Got to get Coke for this, for this bachelor party. So I just go to the captain who's this kind of, you know, younger, young guy. And I was like, hey, do you, uh, do you smoke pot? And he goes, why? You guys need some Coke? Like, literally, that was the next thing he said, and he radioed in, like, two eight balls, and they were waiting at the dock for us, which was the... I was like, why do we even need to go fishing? Why do we just talk to this guy? Like, but anyway, the reason why I mentioned it is because there's this one guy that came out who was, like, literally made a speech the night that, like, the night that, uh, the sort of the night of, like, the big... We had a dinner, and we had a big bachelor party night, and he's like, hey, guys, my, most of my days are behind me, you know? Like, kind of clinging his glass... You know, like making a speech like it's about him. And he goes, but I won't let you know. His name's Harris. It's an awful guy. And he goes, won't let you know. Tonight you got me. Tonight I'm yours. Tonight it's like the old days, guys. I'm I'm coming out of retirement. Oh, yeah. like Yeah, Mr. Big Man. Yeah. Was he a hoot? No, he's a boy. He went to boom at 2.30 in the morning or whatever. Fucking bore. Yeah. I hate guys like that. Yeah. Oh, dude, you should have been here last week. Yeah. Shut, Shut up. up. Yeah, douchebag. Although I will always say the guy... Uh, the guy that like looks uh, the most normal. T- I know we're off topic, but I ever tell you my bachelor party story in Bristol, Pennsylvania? No, but I feel like you're gone to. I'm here. I go. It's a good one. The audience will like it. All right, tell it quick because I got to do an ad. Okay, great. So let me run. It's like three minutes. So basically, because of my, I, you know, because of who I am and whatever, I, I've been involved. A lot of people come up to me and say, "Hey, can you help me plan my bachelor party?" Like I'm a best man. And well, I would say hanging out with you is like hanging out with Uncle Buck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But fatter. No, no, not no. fatter. No, right. no, no, exactly. no, 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 no. He's no. cooking up garbage. But yeah, you're like Uncle Buck. Yeah. There's there's some kind of giant food involved. Yeah, and we have a lot of 
wine and wine beers and, beer and cigars. And where, where do we go? And a lot of said, laughs. A lot of laughs, a lot of yucks. And you so know this, everybody. Yeah, how you doing? Let's, I know this guy over here. Why not? We're going to get free Sambucas, everybody. Yeah. Buka. You're like a combination of Del Griffith from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles yep. and Uncle Buck. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you, never can be alone. I Well, <laughs> I just think, I feel like if I dropped you in the middle of, like, you know, Butte, Montana or whatever, you could somehow survive. Yeah, I'd survive. You'd be like, oh, I know a guy at that motel over there. Yeah. He'll hook I'd, me up with a bed. Oh, I would just be running tabs everywhere. Yeah. Um, I was much younger. I used to have tabs all over New York. I'd be like, I can't go there. I've got a tab there. Right. But anyway, so, so this friend of mine, this guy, he was the best man. He goes, look, my buddy's getting married. Would you mind helping me plan the bachelor party? And you, know, and you can you come. You know, come. And I'm like, yeah, it sounds like fun. But here's the thing people don't know about New York is not a good strip club town. It really Terrible. Terrible. I've said it for years. Having said that, Philadelphia is a pretty good strip club town. The best. It really is. So I, my pitch for people... And for bachelor parties, if you're in New York, the best be- strip club in New York is 90 miles away in Bristol, Pennsylvania. It's called Club Risque. Wouldn't it be good if you if you're oh, doing I know an, Club Risque if you're doing very an well ad for Club Risque right now? <laughs> you're like, well, wow, that's my ad. I don't. <laughs> I, they are not sponsors, right? But if they want to be, they're Step welcome. In. Right, Club Risque. We're always treated like family. So, um, so anyway, so I study a guy. I said, look, here's what we do. We get a party bus. Okay, get in this party bus. We drive down there. We go to Bristol. We go to Club Risque. We get there for a happy hour. It's dirt cheap. We party there. There's a night's inn across the street, which is like a shitty, cheap hotel. Yeah. We get the hotel there. We get another party bus. We go into Philadelphia, Center City, whatever the fuck, blah, blah. And then we come back, and that's what we do. It'll, it sounds like it might be more expensive, but I guarantee you it'll be like 40% cheaper if we do that. Like Club Risque, you can get a Yingling for like 350 or whatever right. it is. So the guy goes, that sounds great. I'll get the bus. I'll load it up. So... We load the bus up with drugs and ecstasy and coke and, and weed, and, uh, and we set up a full bar on the bus. And um, I had played a joke on the guys. I didn't know any of the people. I knew one guy and me. I didn't know anybody else. And uh, we had actually, I actually, this is we're back on VHS tapes where we're still around. I had put in a VHS tape of hardcore gay porn like uh-huh. in, the, um, in the TV. So, and once the driver was driving, he was the only one that could control it. Like it was up there with him. <laughs> so like everybody, was, like it was quiet. It was like silent. So it was just like dudes like, Fucking fuck each other in the ass. Right. So we get in the car and I meet this one guy and this guy's in, he's got on like pleated dockers and he's got on like a blue denim shirt that's got like the name of his company like blah blah blah. He was a pilot like blah 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 aviation and he's like hey I'm Tom. I go hey Dorn. He's like man I gotta be honest with you like I've got four kids. Um, I'm a commercial pl- uh, f- uh, pilot. He goes, I never get out. I never get out. This is so much fun. I'm so excited for this night. I've been looking forward to this for months. You know, it's my, nice. My cousin getting married, blah, blah, blah. And as he's talking to me, he's taking swigs out of a bottle of tequila. Uh-huh. And I'm like, all right, this guy could be a bit of a problem. Let's see how this goes. Right. He's like, and he's got real bright eyes. You know, he looks like an, all every American average guy. He's like, looking forward to this. It's so much great. We're driving down 95, no traffic. We get to Club Risque at 5.30. We get out of the car, uh, and he's fine. Everybody's fine. And here's the thing. It's happy hour. It's dirt cheap. They have like a fucking shitty free buffet. I'm like, yeah, but the girls are hot. You yeah, know? they are and, really and, hot in there. And if you come in your pants, they don't tell nobody. They don't care. No, they don't care. And um, they like it, actually. I had once. That's another story. Right. But yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. trying to stay on point for you. I'm sorry. But so the guy's like a, like a pent up housewife with stories. Like, <laughs> I know. I'm like every story spider webs into <laughs> yeah, something yeah. else. You're like, what are you doing? Yeah. Put on a pot of tea. Let me tell you about my Costco trip. <laughs> so, the, um, so basically we walk out and we walk in. The place is very blue collar part of Bucks County. 
very, very, uh, like, all these guys fucking packed because it was a Friday. So I go, I look around, there's like eight of us. I go, hey, first round's on me. I'll go to the bar. I'll get us a bunch of beers or whatever it is. So, but I have kind of pushed through the bar. As I'm doing this, I see that guy talking to a stripper. And the way you get to the VIP room at Club Risque is you actually have to walk on the stage, and there's a spiral staircase in the middle of the stage. So I see this guy in the first, like, minute that we're in the club walking up those stairs. He's already headed to the VIP room. He's just going up there. So I'm like... I kind of look up there, I'm like, what the fuck is like, all right, it seems kind of early in the night to be doing that, but whatever. So I'm about to order a beer, and I see the security guys. I see them all like talking to their shoulder, their little fucking microphone That's thing. That's no good. And six of them tear up this, they tear up the stairs. They go up there, they pull him down, they drag him down by his feet, his pants around his ankles, his <laughs> shirt is ripped off, and he's literally foaming at the mouth, and he's screaming. It was like Jack Nicholson at the very end of The Shining. Right. Like, he was like, <laughs> he's taking swings with the people everybody's looking back like they, they cut the music it was like what the fuck and they do this they pull him out they literally throw him out of the front door they throw him on the gravel they throw him out I walk over to the bouncer I go what What happened and he turns to me and goes you, you with him I go yeah and he goes get the fuck out he goes get out all these you're with him you all just get out you just gotta get out go Philly. <laughs> yeah Philly accent right? you just gotta go you just gotta go put them yinglings down you just done here Jesus. Okay. okay. So we leave. We go outside. He's laying there and like he's got gravel over his face. Like the guy in like this we have we were there for less than three minutes. Like we we're there for less than three minutes. He comes out, we open to his feet, he can't even talk and he's stumbling around. So we just lay him on his stomach on in the in the in the party bus and we had we went to another strip club. But we lay him on the stomach. He passed out. He slept in that thing till nine o'clock the next morning, where he comes up and he's like knocks on like the he didn't know where he was, <laughs> he's up the door and he's laughing. He goes, Boy, that was a crazy what happened? That was a crazy night <laughs> i remember i remember getting on the van and that's it so it's what always, happened he doesn't he doesn't remember i don't know what he did like literally the stripper came down after them the stripper was like crying like i don't know what he did up there but like <laughs> but he, he blacked out the club i couldn't i was actually back in that part of town like a month later i was i was gonna go there but i was afraid they're gonna like blackball me or like i was banned or something like it was so uh. Maybe always, they won't become sponsors now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're exactly. Well, there's always Delilah's or, or, uh, or Club Oasis. <laughs> God only knows what happened. I right. was in a strip club once with my friend, and uh, we went at happy hour. We were having a great time. We were the only people in there, and man, we were having fun. Right. And just drinking, and the girls were coming up and drinking with us, but they weren't asking us to buy them drinks. Right. They were just drinking with us, like, you're the only two guys here. Right. We're having a great time. It starts picking up. We get lap dances. Yeah. I go back first, come out. I'm having a great time. It's funny. The girl that lap danced me goes, I'd like you to audition for a movie I'm casting. <laughs> nice. You're always in Hollywood, aren't you? Yeah, I auditioned. I bombed. I didn't get it. Uh, and she goes, you cannot mention that you met me here. And I was like, yeah, no, no, no shit. I, That's I great. Anyway, so that. Uh, where and then my where buddy, was this, by the way, dear? It was a Philly club. <laughs> so my buddy goes back to get a, a lap dance. And uh, he comes darting out of the room looking like as if, as if he had seen a ghost or something, shaking. He looked like he was going to cry. And I go, what's up? And he goes, we have to go right now. We have to leave right now. And I go, why? And he goes, I just got yelled at back there. We have to leave right now. And I'm like, what did you get yelled at for? <laughs> I look down. He's got a jizz spot <laughs> on his pants the size of, I mean, it looked like somebody hit his dick with a water balloon. And he goes, he goes, I, I thought I was supposed to. And the girl yelled at me and said, you need to warn me when that's going to happen. Get out of here. <laughs> he yelled at him. That's 
soap. He like scolded him for being like a dirty little boy. It's <laughs> actually not soap. I mean, yeah, you're supposed to you're supposed to warn them. Yeah, we had to leave. Yeah, it was really funny. Anyway, I got to do an ad. Okay. Uh, new sponsors to the program. First sponsors. Isn't this exciting? Who? New sponsors. Oh boy. They said they wanted an ad in the middle of the show. Okay. Because uh, I guess it costs, I don't know how this works. It costs more to do it at the top or something. I don't I know. no idea. Anyway, uh, do you like flowers? Oh, yeah. I hope that you do. But do you ever need those flowers quickly? Oh, immediately. Quickly. Yep. It's Valentine's Day. It's an anniversary. You forgot to get the flowers. Your wife, your boyfriend, your husband, your girlfriend, okay. your lover. Somebody's upset. Oh, yeah. Or somebody's going to be upset. You need those flowers quickly. Well, I've got your savior. Right. I want you to go to a website called flowersexpresstogo.net. Flowersexpresstogo.net. I know that's a mouthful, (laughs) but write it down. Go there. They can get you flowers anytime, any place, anywhere in the world in under 30 minutes. Is that really? Yes. That's amazing, actually. It is, right? Wow. It is. It is sort of the Uber of flower yeah. delivery. Uh, FlowersExpressToGo.net. Okay. Any you, kind of code or anything? Like a code Joe for 10% off or anything? Oh, yeah. I'm okay. getting to that. Okay, sorry. Uh, type in the code DOWNPODCAST. Okay. DOWNPODCAST. Uh, you'll get a 50% off your first order. That's a good deal. And uh, I believe 25% off... All following orders. Tap is good. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, down podcast is the code you want to use. Flowers express to go dot net. Flowers to you anytime, anywhere, any place in the world. In under half an hour, you wake up, you forgot, you have a stomach ache. That stomach ache will be gone in under thirty minutes. If you go to this website, it's amazing to think. How does, like, how does that even work? Just email them. I imagine it's thing. like a like a, that's why I say it's like the Uber of flowers. Yeah, right, I guess. I, don't know. I guess they have different. Maybe they have the setup in the in the trunk or something. They no, just, you know what? It probably is it's just one guy. He's got a bike. But <laughs> well, imagine they have a bunch of flowers in the trunk of the car, yeah. like prearranged things, and then yeah, yeah. You, you say this is what you, you want, your... and there's different drivers everywhere. Right. Um, you could also call uh, Floral Go one eight 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 Floral Go one eight 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 Floral Go. You can also use the uh, Down Podcast code over the phone. Get yourself a discount <laughs> that way as well. And that's it. Your flower problems are solved. You're not even reading any copy. You're just, it's just, just spitting. You're spitting I mean, it's it. not that hard to remember. Yeah, guys, but still, it's something to remember. I don't. That's a kind of a long website to remember. I'm just saying, good for you. That's good. Well, I memorized. Here's how I did it. I memorized the website right. and I memorized the number. Right. That was easy. Okay. And then you know, you just remember the the, the bullet points. I mean, it's it's All you right. know, I know my own podcast discount yeah. code or whatever. Right. It's not really tough to remember. It's a service, you know. All right. Well, don't just don't 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 make light of it. That's they were pretty loose about it. They were like right. Just get this info across. They weren't like, I thought they were going to send me like a big script. Right. And they didn't. They were just like, well, this is what needs to be in it. So, you yeah. know, you look at the bullet points, you, re- you remember it. Right. I'm it's a pro. When you are a pro, you spit it I, out. I don't like that you pulled back the curtain and let the audience know I wasn't yeah. reading that. It's a bit of a fourth wall breakdown there, and I apologize, folks. Yeah, well, yeah. I think it's better to let them know that it's, I mean, people obviously have a high opinion of you comedically, and I'm just saying. <laughs> do they? Yeah, they really do. Yeah. He, listen, I saw Joe on New Year's Eve, and Joe fucking killed. And I know you've been worried that you haven't been funny recently. <laughs> but I thought you were very funny. I very much enjoyed your uh, your performance. Yeah, it's a tough you know it's a tough sell in a crowd full of drunks. Right. Uh, it was fun. The uh, now back to the maturity discussion. Sure. I mean, now what that guy did, the strip club story. 
uh, with the guy foaming at the mouth and everything. Right. To me, that's a perfect example of a guy that doesn't live a balanced life. Right. That thinks he's got to wear this, you know, maturity hat all the time right. with his kids and his family and his whatever. And then gets a chance to cut a little loose and has absolutely no control over himself. Becomes a savage. Yeah. Right? No, it's a valid thing. That's what I'm saying. Like that, and So you, to say that that guy is, you look at that guy, you're like, well, he's mature, he's a flight attendant. But the minute you pull off that the thing of like the, uh, you know, the, 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 the governor on his fucking life and you're like, all right, listen, we're going to strip clubs. There's tequila, there's blah, blah, blah. Like that guy doesn't even know how to fucking deal with it. He's just like, Wah! you know, just, yeah. you know, and so it's, but again, I mean, that guy's probably, ended, but for him in his mind, he had a wild time. Like he'll tell his buddies back at the fucking cockpit lounge or oh, whatever. Because yeah, he doesn't remember the, the yeah. assault that took place yeah, upstairs or whatever the hell he right. did. The fact that he punched some poor 19-year-old girl, uh, you know, from a peddler's village Jesus in Lahaska in the cunt. Do you know what, I, not to generalize all strippers, oh, but you yeah. know what you got to do to make a stripper cry? I mean, a lot of those girls have really seen some shit. Yeah. What He's, the fuck did he do up there? Yeah. Well, maybe he just told her he liked her. Maybe, maybe it was human kindness. <laughs> it's just right. right. Got, so, her a, got her a puppy. Yeah, he promised he'd come see her ballet recital when she was 11. <laughs> right. yeah, exactly. Right. I'll tell you, I care. <laughs> yeah, Starts <right>. crying. <laughs> Get security up here. Right. She's in a ball in the corner shaking. Oh, like, God. Yeah, I know. It was... Uh, but I, I, I mean, I could. I mean, not that I would, will, but I mean, I could. I can go on and on about these people. That it, it is. What do you mean by these people? <laughs> blacks. No, I mean like. <laughs> I, no, I mean like people that have these very staid conservative lives, and then they 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 go off the rails. But for them, that's that's their like that's for that's the fun thing. Like, dude, I, last night it was like I was twenty five all over again, bro. Back at Lehigh, man, I used to drink like nine beers, and then we go out. Right. Like, ugh. You know, but it's a majority of the majority of people. But there are you will find there are other people that I that are other dads because, you know, being in living in Park Slope and, you know, you've seen my house. It's just a parade of children coming in and out of my house all day long. And um, which is which right. is. And you don't even know those kids. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> in my uh, right. Craigslist. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. right. Um, so uh, I. Uh, Go ahead. I, my point is that you you meet other dads. You do meet other dads that are there are fun people, but it's it's like a majority minority thing. I mean, if you put a hundred people in a room, how many people are you really going to hang out with? Four. Well, I also think too that, and we were discussing this the other day. You live in Park Slope, Brooklyn, which is a very uh, if, when it comes to young parenting, uh, it this is probably the hippest neighborhood you could be in or whatever yeah and i think like everybody that lives in this neighborhood has chosen a certain type of lifestyle where they say hey i have a family i have kids but i still want to have fun right you know i see you 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 and your wife and your neighbors and everybody you guys are always having parties and the fourth of july or or new year's eve or whatever it is and all the parents come with their kids and everybody has a good time and everybody's responsible but cuts loose you know yep and Quite frankly, it reminds me of when I was growing up. That's how it was when I was growing yeah, up. Yeah, me too. The families would all get together. The kids would go play in the basement or whatever. Right. And the parents would all have beers and drink, and they'd laugh and be loud. And, and then at the end of the night, everybody went home, and it was fine. Yeah. And then somewhere along the line, those children that I was a part of, the group with, whatever, grew up and became complete pussies. Yeah. And everybody thought that, that you know, that they, they took their impression of their parents from when they were kids and then applied that to their lives. And we're like, this is what it is. It's like, no, you don't understand what the whole picture was. You're taking, like, what your six-year-old impression of your parents was and trying to live that. And that's not what it is. Anybody that gets to really know their parents knows that that's a facade. It's, 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 it's an immature perception of, of what a parent is. 
Yeah, no, it's it's the you, and also I I do think because we a, a lot of, like my parents were like twenty two and twenty one when they when they had me, <clears throat> and when you when you grow up with these baby boomer parents, sometimes like it is the difference between like the parties now and like the parties that like I my mother and my stepfather would have when I was growing up or whatever is like you know like hey, hey no one's smoking indoors you know I'm not walking right. around. I don't have like my daughter going on swapping out ashtrays right and but I mean you know like the parties at like the 70s and the like you know like that movie what's that ice castle or whatever that movie Kevin Klein thinking of ice ice storm ice storm right exactly like you know and when back in those days it's like I kind of think it's better to do it it's like we've definitely toned it down a little bit where it's like a a big bowl of black beauties on the table and <laughs> Wife swapping and well, my my parents weren't doing that kind they, of stuff. They weren't. Your your father, the deacon, I, wasn't a big bowl of bennies. And yeah, you know, no, I, no. I'd say my parents. The the parties I remember, you know, our neighborhood families having when I was a kid are very similar to the ones I've seen you and your wife gotcha. have. Yeah, yeah, it's parents with their kids. The alcohol is there. Right. Nobody's getting embarrassingly drunk. No. Everybody's having fun. Everybody's attending to their kids. The kids are having a good time. It's just everybody's having fun. Yeah, a lot of people think like with like for example, I had to go to a thing earlier th- today, like a bounce, this bouncing fucking. It's called Bounce You, maybe another sponsor. Uh, and they're a, uh, it's like a thing we go on these bouncy castles everywhere. And there was this young guy who was the um, the babysitter who I gave a ride with him and the other three kids. And we get there, and he said to me, he goes, "It's so." Uh, it's so f- nice to be with a parent. You're talking about me, a parent that's not standing in the bouncy castle, staring at their child the entire time. Like, yeah, I mean, everything's it's a fucking bouncy castle. What am I gonna? You yeah, know, I mean, it's you know, yeah, yeah exactly. Just, everyone can like, everyone's gonna take their eye out. Yeah. But it's a, a lot of it is parenting on display, though. There's a lot of conspicuous parenting. There's a lot of conspicuous maturity. You know, I, I think because things in our world have gotten much more expensive and maybe a little more real with things. I think people are like they use their 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 own life as an opportunity to show other people that they're a, they're, they're a good person by virtue of like sure. how starched their pants are or whatever the fuck. Sure, yeah. I mean, it's, it's you know, every year at Christmas I watch a Christmas story and I think, I mean, it's amazing to me the, the depiction of how much times have changed when you watch that movie. Right. Or the realization of how much times have changed when you watch that movie. Uh, you know, let like you said, you're not staring at your kid in the bouncy house, you right. know. And yeah, when I was a kid, you could get a BB gun, you know, for Christmas, right. you know, and like there was a such there was a to a certain extent there was a such thing as some dangerous fun because you believe that your kid could, in some ways, look after himself, in some ways, be responsible. Yeah, and the ones that couldn't, you didn't let them do those things. You know yeah, what I mean? We would just, we would just we would just leave the house, just leave. Yeah, everything is so precious now, man. Yeah, everything's all about play dates and things. But I'd be honest with you, like, if my daughter, who's eight, was like, hey, can I go play in Prospect Park by myself with a couple of my friends? I'd be like, yeah, I don't, I don't well, know. No, yeah, listen, it's New York. It's a public park. Right. Obviously, yeah, your eight-year-old, you don't let your eight-year-old go gallivant around the park yeah. alone. I, I, that, that Here's your metro card. You'll be back by midnight. I'm not saying ignore the dangers of right. the world we live in, but I am saying that, you know, I feel like if, let's put it this way, I feel like if BB guns were still a thing, You'd probably let your kid have one. Yeah, sure. Are are they still a thing? I don't know. Some kind of pellet. It's gonna be some kind of pellet gun or something. I don't know, man. I don't think they are. I think everything's like Nerf guns now. And when I was when I was about uh, maybe ten years old, my friend and I were playing ninjas, and uh, he threw a throwing star <laughs> right into my leg, like it stuck out of my leg. It's <laughs> I bet it hurt. Hurt really bad. And it bled like crazy. <laughs> but I was such a little pussy because I, I laid there in the park and I was like, Aah! 
and, and I could have walked on it. You know what I mean? I could have walked somewhere, but I, I made them like go. <laughs> I made them like go get my mother. I said they had to come into the park to like rest, like airlift me out. Yeah, like little like that kid in the well or whatever. You know, they I don't had, blame you. It's a throwing star. Yeah, I mean, come on. I had to like make like a tourniquet. I was a very dramatic. I was a fey little theater boy. What now? What is in in in? Because we're coming towards the end here. Okay. What is it? I got to do one more ad. Sure. What is the uh, in parting? You you as a father. Uh huh. As a mentor to two young girls, oh yeah, what is the what is the lesson that you try to teach them about maturity, to try to make them decent people? Well, the key one. Okay, I will tell. I'll tell you one thing. I always say to the, my, my I I never want to raise uh, assholes, so I, I do impart upon my children uh, to live altruistically. I always say, always be kind, or ABS. Always say ABS. Always be sweet. So because I do think like a real sign of of immaturity is uh, not being kind. Or being being letting your uh, letting like your emotions or, or letting you're getting you're thinking about yourself before other people. So I do, we do a lot of that around here. You know, a lot we do. A, we're very big on like uh, manners and please and thank you. Like adults are Mister and Mrs. I fucking hate it when some kid calls me Brian. Hey Brian, I'm like yeah. But then I there's this little kid in this neighborhood. I uh, can't stand him. And he always goes, "Hi Brian." I want I always call him Master. I go, "Hello, Master," because that's like a very funny. Like, it's very Victorian, you know. You're right, sort of, right. But um. Yeah, you know, I mean, I basically that's my number one thing. I, I think with the with the, with the children, but I, you know, it's like just be. be it's amazing nice. to me how many adults I know that don't know that. Yeah, well, it's a thing. It's a thing. People just, people just kind of check out, and it's you know, it's in a weird way. People might think like that's a, they're being like a, you know cool or whatever when you're like my kids. They write thank you notes for all their presents. I mean, we do all that kind of stuff. So that's very nice. Yeah, while I'm out there huffing glue and some gay after hours, uh, you know, twice a month, you know, <laughs> right? Come home at six and thirty in the morning. Like well, this is amazing to me. Like when I'd like be sleeping up here, like all hungover, right? At like seven a.m., I hear you'd be like with your kids, like oh, yeah. you know, awake. You'd just be like, "All right, let's go. Let's go. Who let's wants go. Breakfast, went oatmeal. Trust me, it's not. Uh, it's it's it does more. It doesn't come. In, it's not like the world's worst X Man. Like, oh, what's your power and ability? My ability is to uh, deal with my children in the morning after going out and drinking all night. Right. <laughs> like, you stay on the plane. That's an incredible ability. I'm yeah. serious. Well, thank you. Uh, are I'm we, serious? Are, are you doing? An, are you doing an ad first, or are we? Well, I'll t- I'll tell you what. Why don't you do the uh, plug whatever you want to plug or okay. say whatever you want to say in the sign off? Okay. And then I can do the Fine. ad after it. I mean, it was a pleasure having you here. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here. Thank you very much for Joe. You're a wonderful house guest, and you're one of my very good friends. You are welcome here whenever you'd like. You're one of my closest friends. Thank you. And you're a wonderful host. Thank yeah, you. It's great staying here every time. Welcome anytime you uh, anytime you want to come and stay. And uh, folks, I know we have to wrap this up. So if you're interested, if you give two shits about uh, any anything that you might want to enjoy, you can always find my uh, show. If you just type into the old search engine, Brian McCarthy interview show. Um, my, I'm the fourth hit. I'm just kidding. Uh, Brian McCarthy <laughs> interview show will come up. I also have some shows under National Lampoon interview show. Uh, if you like them, you can rate and comment and whatever. And then, uh, of course, on the Twitter at Brian P. McCarthy. And, of course, my website, BrianPatrickMcCarthy.com. Nice Jewish boy. Back to you, Joe DeRosa. Yes. Listen to Brian's podcast and check him out. It's, you will not be disappointed. It's hilarious. And also, uh, it, it's got itself a healthy following, and yeah. th- that there's a reason for that. So check it out. It's really, really great. Uh, down with Joe DeRosa. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Joe DeRosa Comedy. And uh, go to my website for all things Joe DeRosa. Uh, and it's JoeDeRosaComedy.com. Upcoming show dates. You can get this podcast there. Uh, the newest episodes will be on iTunes, but eventually it works its way over to the website. 
Blah, blah, blah. In parting, uh, one other new sponsor to the show. Two new sponsors. Never had any sponsors. Now we have two. How about that? That's great. Uh, it's a new app you can check out. Uh, it is called Candied Chaos Craze. Candied Chaos Craze. It's a long it's, uh, it's like, uh, <laughs> don't take it easy. Sorry. Support these people. Yeah, sure, of course. Uh, it's if you like Candy Crush, you'll love Candied Chaos Craze. And the best news is it's for free. You can download it for free for a limited time only on uh, iTunes and on Amazon. Again, fans of Candy Crush, go get it now. Candied Chaos Craze. iTunes Store, Amazon Marketplace, uh, and it's also in the Google Store, too. Go get it Do for it. free. Candied Chaos Craze. I bet there's like the in-app purchases, though, I bet once they get you. No, no, there's no, no in-app purchases. Oh, shit, I'm glad you said that. I almost forgot. No in-app <laughs> purchases. Free game, no in-app purchases. You'll love it. Go check it out. Candy Chaos Craze.